0: Lord, we thank you for allowing us again into your presence this evening. Lord, tonight I'd like to speak about or talk about um, Gehazi's greed and why that's important to us at this time and what Elisha reacted because there's some very important issues involving this as we very soon will receive those who are of your kingdom, those who have set themselves apart into your kingdom. By your words, as you instruct us in John 17:17, 17, 17. those who are sanctified—sanctified sanctified means set apart from the world by truth, which you said in John 17:17—we 17, 17, must do at this time, especially at this time, because the judgment is coming, and you made clear in John 12:48 that we are to be judged by your words which in John 17:17, 17, 17, you're telling us this is how we are sanctified. We are to be set apart from the world by your words, God's words, not, not the normal things, God's words, the ones that he makes known in the Bible and reveals to us, but we do not seek them out and do not want to understand. The key is, if we think that we could just read the Bible and understand the words, we're very wrong. The Lord tells us very clearly in Proverbs 1.23 through Solomon, whom he gave wisdom. He made it clear there that if we turn to him, then he will pour out the spirit upon us and cause us to know his words. The disciples walked with him for three and a half years and did not get it. None of the people of Israel got it during that ministry. But after that ministry, when he had paid the price of of the blood so that they have the right now to come into the Holy of Holies in heaven instead of the preachers on earth, instead of the rabbis, instead of the shepherds on earth. Because he tells us at this time it isn't working. For in Luke 21, 34 to 36, Luke 21, 34 to 36, he says very clearly that everybody on the face of the earth is caught in a snare which he identifies in Isaiah 28, 9 to 13, to be a lack of the knowledge of truth, the lack of the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his words. Same problem they had in Jesus' time that the disciples did not even get until after the cross. And he came back in Luke 24, 44 to 45. He says very clearly that he, after this is after he had breathed upon them the Spirit and commanded them to receive peace be to them, which is the eternal path. The eternal way. The eternal way is we are judged by his words if we're set apart by his words, and believe in the promises of God, and keep them, then what? We all that we desire will be done for us, John fifteen seven, and in John five twenty four, something even greater, he says that we will have eternal life and pass through the judgments. So in Luke 24, 44 to 45, he says, after he poured out the Spirit upon them, breathed it upon them, then he said, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. And after they got that, by the willingness of the Spirit poured out on them, they were able to understand the Scriptures. Our problem is we do not see that there are words, and therefore we don't ask for the Spirit of Truth to make known the words to us, and therefore the Lord cannot do it because it's a law of God that we have to ask for the inheritance of the kingdom. It's a free gift. Knock and you shall receive. Abide in him and abide in his words and what you desire be done for you. John 15, seven. First John five, 14, 15. So all these are wonderful things, but we're missing a key point of words. And I want to make that clear tonight because we're coming so close to the judgment. And it, also, the words test the intent of our heart. They test not only if we're keeping the law of God if we're keeping the Ten Commandments and if we're keeping the testimony of Jesus, but they go beyond that. They, they go in and they inspect the heart and even the intent of the soul. Hebrews 4:12. We're judged by the words. They're living words. He said they're spirit and life, John 6:63. 6, 63. He said in Psalms 119, 130, the entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. Tells us in 1 John 1, 5, that God is light. There's no darkness in him. So if God is in us, means the light has entered us, will begin to shine. Like he says in Daniel 12, 2 and 3. We need to grasp this knowledge of this thing so we come out from the world because we are a lot like Gehazi and we don't know it. You know, we are in the exchange for consideration world. I hear this all the time. It's true. Because the world is based upon a merchant system. And Gehazi's mindset is a merchant system. He wanted reward. Preachers today sell their ministries. They sell their um, messages which is against the law of God. They just don't look at that in the Bible. We, oh, that doesn't apply to this time. We gotta have this to build our church. We gotta have this to build stadiums or you know, gyms where kids and youth will come and they'll get interested in the church and they'll they'll come here and grow up and oh they'll pay tithe to the offering here. At the end of the day, that's what they're really after. They're not really after obeying God because they don't believe the scriptures. At this time, the Lord tells us in Revelation 18, 1 to 4, that when the night of the day of the Lord is upon us and the Lord has testified many times, we're in the night of the day of the Lord now. We're coming to the morning. But in the night, the separation judgment comes, Luke 17, 34. In the night, the family of the word comes, Luke, I mean, John five, uh, John 9, 4 to 5, Revelation 6, 5 to 6, and Amos 8, 11 to 14. If we don't believe that, consider the fact he's saying it's night, and the day of the Lord starts in the evening. So if we're already in the night, we're already past the evening, and the beginning of the evening, when the light first shined on the earth, Zechariah 14, 7, tells us in Revelation 18, 1 to 4, we were, we were supposed to come out from following any of these leaders. If we do not, then we will receive of their sins, other words, we're, we're gonna, they're going to have the right to, to put us in FEMA camps. They're going to have a right to take away our prosperity, the right to shoot us up with these vaccines, the right to, to do the chemtrails over us and all that. They are getting allowed to do all this evil stuff that they are doing because we have not obeyed the scriptures. Revelation 18, 1-4, our shepherds who are responsible for teaching and guiding the flock are blind. Because they're still, they're even signing up to help the the fornicators. You know, DHS, I've already reported to you, is funded by the Crown Trust approval. And the money comes to them through the Crown Trust approval to do the work of the Crown Trust. They're not working for America. They're working to bankrupt the nation. Sure, there's lots of DHS people out there working and have no clue that the leadership of the DHS is so evil. Or how is there being funded and all these things. But it doesn't make any excuse for them because if they look at the works that the DHS is doing. Then, I mean, look at the buses bringing in immigrants. Secretly from Nicaragua all the way up through Mexico. Look at the fact that DHS is controlling the borders inside Mexico. Not not the Mexican-American border, but all the borders. All the borders of Canada. And. Now they're controlling all the borders of South America as well and elsewhere. DHS, Department of Homeland Security, isn't homeland anymore. Never was. I can testify because I was in meetings where it was testified to me right in front of me when people at the highest levels of DHS were speaking to the representative of the president of Argentina. And this was all explained, what they were doing. Well, they always labeled it as, oh, this is a test. As a test is that they secretly send from Crown Trust merchant accounts billions and billions of dollars into South America to take it over and do these things, control the lands and everything else. Uh, it, it's deceit. It's greed. It's the merchant system. And I've explained it many times. So I'll stop there. Let's go ahead and talk about Gehazi. Second, Second Kings 5, 20 to 27. It's important. Says, but Gehazi, now we've talked about last night, we talked about Elisha and the healing of Naaman. Well, now Naaman's leaving, and of course Elisha didn't take anything. But Naaman took some dirt. Two donkeys filled with dirt so that he could take them back to, to offer offerings. And he asked the he asked the Lord through Elisha. Elisha said, Go in peace, because he was doing the way of the kingdom and he wanted to do it in his nation. And he was a testimony. It's almost like Abraham at what he was doing with people, giving them food and so forth. You know, and people mock the fact of food and boy, they should, they should really understand something seriously, because if you pay attention to the parable of the wedding feast, what's it talking about? The Lord providing food so that we could come in and learn. And increase in knowledge as you pay attention to the parable of the great supper in luke 14 15 to 24 you see the same see the marriage of the king's son parable is in um, matthew 22 and it's one to uh verses 14 and then you have the luke the luke one but also there's a law about this it's given to us by uh, solomon And it goes to us, we can can look at this in verse, I mean, chapter 2 in verses 22 to 26. It tells you that the food is given wisdom, but people don't pay attention to this law. And they ignore the fact that eating bread in the way of the words enables instruction and wisdom to come in. Solomon's testifying to this, but nobody pays attention. He tells us in verse 22, he says, for... For what has man for all his labor and the striving of his hand with which he has toiled under the sun? For all his days is sorrowful and his work burdensome. Even in the night his heart takes no rest. This also is vanity. See, in the night God seals the instruction. What he's saying is in the night they're not getting any rest because they're not getting the instruction of God. They think they are. They get dreams. They get visions. They get a lot of things. But that's not the instruction of the word of God that's sealed by the wisdom of those who like the Lord says, if you turn to me, if you hear my words and turn to me, I will pour out my spirit upon you and cause you to know my words, Proverbs 1, 20 to 23. But listen to what the Lord says in Luke 14, 15 and 17. He says, this is um, John 14, 15 to 17, sorry. And it tells you there very clearly that he the spirit of truth cannot enter those of the world. And Paul teaches us that the Lord the desire of God the Father is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, but if the spirit of truth, which is what guides us into truth, is not able to enter us because we have not set ourselves apart from the world according to the law of Jesus given to us in John seventeen seventeen for this day. Because of that, we cannot know the words and we ignore it. And here is Solomon telling you something very wise. He said, the reason these people don't get anything, they don't have the words, so during the night, they get no instruction from God of how to overcome the world. Therefore, we have progressed in being defeated. And being progressed to our destruction of our nation, to adultery and all this stuff, the evilness, the nakedness, the people screaming out, you know, um, separation of church and state, for example, in the courtrooms they was talking this week and uh, there was a thing on the internet and Alex Jones' website where it was talking, these people in this meeting were yelling this out, separation of church and state. Foolishness, because if they actually knew the truth, They would understand that the elite people, the crown trust, the queen, the Rothschilds, the pope, and all these have established a divine law by which they establish the admiralty law. And the divine law that they established is that they are living people, but all those under their admiralty law system are slaves and treated as dead people. And so what I'm trying to point out is they have a divine law which says they're living, and they have a right to all land, and we have no right. So we just, we buy licenses, we buy plots of, you know, titles and so forth, which actually doesn't give us any ownership to land. They've taken it all. And that is, and what I'm trying to say is that admiralty law is military law that backs this contract law. So we're stuck in contract law, and they're in divine law. In other words, they get all rights and they cannot be sued. People think, well, we can sue them, we can go. You can never win in court because you cannot sue those And the Crown Church says you can't sue because they're above all laws of the world. They've set themselves out as divine places. And the lands that they establish, like the City of London Territory, the Square Mile, the Vatican, and the District of Columbia in Washington, D.C., that's not part of America. That's part of their divine land that's set apart. So it is church and state. It never was divided, but we are told it must be divided, can't have religion in there. But yet that's what they base their whole law on. And yet they hide all that from the people. So when the congressmen and senators say this, they're lying out their teeth. There is no separation of church and state because the very basis by which they rule and by which they're doing their works with and passing these ridiculous, um, you know, it's it's basically not even a, a constitution anymore. It, it's it's another thing. I can't remember the name of it right now. But um, anyway, it's, it's all lies. And they're basing all this on the fact that they have divine law backing them. Because they secretly have signed over into the elite system and pledged themselves to them to destroy America or do whatever the Crown Trust says to do. So it is not separation, church, and state. We should know that. I just want to throw that in. Now, let's go back to Gehazi. Sorry about my rants tonight. But it's the stuff that we need to know. So Second Kings 5, 20 to 27, says, But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him. And I'll take something from him. <laughs> See, he wants to benefit of what Elisha, what God did through Elisha's words that were spoken with good intent and with good understanding and for the purpose of the kingdom of God. But God he wants to raid that. He's like preachers today that said, oh, Paul, you know, he, he sent out handkerchiefs. <laughs> And they were anointed and and people were healed by them. I'm going to do the same thing. And maybe somebody out there will believe the story and they'll get that handkerchief after they've paid me a price for it. And, you know, maybe they'll get healed by God. God may heal people for the sake that they need it. But that preacher is going to answer for that prosperity false message because they're no more than Gehazi. They're the same as him. And they got leprosy coming to them because the plague that God is bringing in the morning, the major plague is leprosy. So these prosperity ministers are like Gehazi, and they have leprosy as a promise to them. They need to read Hebrews 10, 26 to 27, because what they're doing is willful sin. They're not allowed to sell their messages. That's of God. You can't sell something God gives you for free, the knowledge and so forth. If people want to give offerings into the, the church to, to build it, that's something different. That's their tie that they build and so forth. That's the willingness to support the church. It well, they, they shouldn't even be called. It's a called out assembly. But they're not called out because they haven't come out to his words. They haven't obeyed John 17, 17. So what it is that they're in doing that, <clears throat> they're doing the same thing as the Hazi. They're seeing a way to make a living off of the work of God, but they're not obeying the way of God in doing this. Even putting a. You know, steeples on churches is basically putting up a a phallus symbol. It's not of God, but people do it. Yeah, others did it, and that's the style that they want sold. Okay, architects recommend it and so on. Anyway, it said, I want to run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, "Is all well. Is all well. And he said, um, oh, all is well. My master has sent me, saying, indeed, just now, two young men and the sons of the prophets have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver, to changes of garment, and two changes of garment. See, total lies, total lies. <laughs> and he said, uh, so Naaman said, please take two talents, not just one, take two talents, one for each, and he urged them and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and handed them to two of his servants and they carried them on ahead of him. And when he came to the citadel, he took them from their hand and came to the um, I think it's a palace there or something like that um, and stored, uh, stored them away in the house. And then he let the men go And they departed. Now he went in and stood before his master, Elisha, and said to him, and uh, before his master, which is Elisha. Elisha said to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant did not go anywhere. Then Elisha said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from the chariot to meet you? See, the Spirit of God is in that work that was given. Elisha did it the right way and with the good intent of the Lord, and that was done in the way of the words. And the words judge the intent of the heart. And so it had Elisha's heart with with Naaman. And when Naaman turned back to look at Gehazi, when Elisha had sent him on to do the good work, what happened? You know, the words spoke to him. The word stirred it up. The word made it known what Gehazi had done. So he then he said to him that the word is the spirit of God. You know, the spirit of God is in the words in the full measure. John three thirty four. So it said, did my heart not go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing? Olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants, See, uh, Gahazi had plans for that money, and Elisha's heart made known, the words made known, what was the intent of, of um this guy's heart? Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. That's a plague as bad as the one cursed upon Canaan. And the Lord tells us that there will be no Canaanite in the in the land after the in the time when the Lord separates the people. There won't be anybody in this merchant system. This is a Canaanite attitude. This is, you know, this this is the thing of uh, I want something for doing something, and that's that's the attitude that God hates. And He gave him two talents, which is very interesting. He's asking. For one talent, he gave him two. That's very bad for him because two is symbolic of the words of wisdom. Damon gave him that. Two garments. Two garments of clothing. Those are you know, clearly very valuable in those days. So he took that. So now he has a leprosy, the leprosy white as snow. And it's going to be in the family. That was the normal leprosy. It wasn't Tessaric. Well, that normal leprosy is going to have it. The same thing that Naaman had, now he's going to have it. It's not the plague of Tessarit. The plague of Tessarit is the boils that comes upon the skin and the eating away of the bones and so that they cannot walk and so on. That's what's coming. Terrible. And that's what's going to happen to prosperity ministers and so forth at this time if they don't turn and repent for what has been done. You know, they, they take the offerings and, and buy each other Gift each other Rolls Royces. That was a big thing on the leading TV evangelists. It, it's, you know, that's like this. This is Yahazi's greed. And they're going to answer to it with leprosy come in the morning. I pray that they repent and get rid of all that and, and turn it over for good for the people instead of what they're doing. They're not even preaching the words of God in their churches. And so they got this plague of leprosy. They need to read Hebrews 10 26 to. 27 because that's where it tells them the wrath of god is about to come upon them for their willful sin it's willful sin they don't see it at that you know we can make mistakes and we can do all kinds of things and god's going to forgive it and restore us at this time but not if we don't repent he says all those who will call upon his name which is the word of god joel 2 32, all who call upon his name will be delivered And in Revelation 19, 11 to 13, he explains the name that he's talking about. The name written upon him is the word of God. The name that nobody knew. And it's king of kings. What is the king speaks? It's the power of the Lord is in his words. Ecclesiastes 8, 4. I'd like to take that and go to Acts 5. Do you remember in... um, I don't know if I finished. Let me go back. I, I think I didn't finish something important. I wanted to finish this thing of the um, Ecclesiastes 2 and about the reward of God for the food because that's going to come up in Acts 5. It's very important for us to understand this. We don't understand it clearly. And there's people out there that mock that, oh, bread is going to do something or wine is going to do something or water is going to do something. And, and they're, you know, that well, that sounds like witchcraft or something. You better pay attention. It says, um, nothing is better for a man. This is verse 24, Ecclesiastes 2, 24. Nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. How did you get the knowledge of the good? By enabling the, the, the instruction of God through the food. It enters us. If you cook the food in the way of the words, here's that law that gives you, what's it give you? It gives you understanding. It seals the knowledge of how to do the good works during the night. See, so you give a cup of cold water to somebody, it tells you you will not lose your reward. If you give bread of instruction during the night, God's going to seal the instruction he desires for them to begin to learn. God knows everybody. He is the teacher. He's the one teacher. God knows exactly what the person needs we can help them we can teach them things but it's God if they will turn to him ecclesiastes 12:11 the words of god are the goads they're like the goads of the one shepherd jesus is the good teacher the good shepherd he's the one that pours out the words that we need every night but we plant the seed to allow that knowledge to be given according to the wisdom of the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, makes known to that person what they need to know to begin to grow. And the Spirit of Truth knows everything about their heart and their intent and the calling. And they know what's in the fiery stone of their work in heaven. And they pour that out so they can guide them to get on the path to do the work that God has given them to do. You can't do that. But you can help enable that. And by doing that for the brotherhood, for the kingdom, that's going to bless everybody. You don't know who their work is going to bless. How much it's going to bless people. But it's by the food that we get a parcel of herbs are for the service of man to help them to be able like frankincense. The father gave his frankincense and myrrh for the Lord when he was born. And what did he do? He grew up in wisdom and understanding and increased as he grew up until he was ready for his ministry at the age of 30. See, it says, nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. Good, the only good, Jesus says, many good works I've shown to you by the Father. Only the Father is good. The Lord says, if we come to the words, then the words will work for us. He will t- teach us what to do to enable the works. In paradise, Paul testifies in 2 Corinthians 12, 1-4, that they're hearing the words. And people have gone there and been sent back. The Lord has shown them that people are doing things like farming. And they're, they're making crops, but their crops come up wonderful because they're learning the words and doing things in the way of the words. And God rewards that with blessings. Because then those things are taken to help others. As they eat of these things, they get the benefit of the fruit. The fruit gives understanding to something they need to understand. And our job is to do this. In this time that's coming, people are not going to charge for food. They're not, they're not going to do anything. They're going to provide food just like Abraham did. God's going to bless them so much. They're going to have food to provide to help all those that come by. And they're going to rejoice when people are sent by. Because it's like the Lord says, all those you sent to me, I have not lost. And in John 17, he's talking to the Father. Those whom you sent to me, I did not lose. And God's going to send people to you. And you don't know the work that they have to do. But you're going to know that this is of God. And you're going to provide them food. And you're going to know that when that food, like the bread or whatever, it's going to give them the instruction they need. And God's going to seal it during the night. And in the morning, they'll begin to to do that work. They'll begin to move along that path until they finally learn. Because God doesn't give it in a download. Line by line, precept by precept, a little here and a little there. But you help enable that. And you help to continue that with what you provide to them. So he says, um, this also I saw was from the hand of God. The hand is the authority of God. His fingerprint is on everything. He covered us with his hand while he planted the heavens which judge us. Do you see that? He knows what we need. He put it all in place and then he turned it loose and it's coming into us by his hand. He says, for who can eat and or who can have enjoyment more than I? He, he has had wisdom God has given to him and from that's enjoyment. For God gives wisdom And knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. How did he get to good? He ate and he drank in the way of the words. So that God was able to pour out good to him. And he gives him wisdom, knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting. Merchant system. Gathering and collecting. What is that? You know. It's it's doing something to get something in return. That's the world system. But God's system is different than that. And we have to learn that. But we will not willing to learn that. He says he gives a work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. In other words, at this time, as I'm telling you, the Lord is telling us he's going to cause those people. All of the world is going to turn the resources to the kingdom. He's going to cause them to pour it out. And they're going to do it willingly because the plagues are going to be so strong on them. And if they don't give it up, it, the plagues will be worse. So they're going to willingly get, get rid of it. That's why he says they're going to throw their gold and silver in the street. It, nothing is going to take away the plagues. It's better to give it to the kingdom of God for the good of God, like it says in Luke 16, to 13. It's better to do the work for the kingdom so that you might have a place to stay instead of being cast aside with those of the plagues. It's better to be a slave in a house of those who have the knowledge of good. A willing slave. Somebody who wants to do the work to enable good works because at the end of that time, you'll have the opportunity, the end of the 21 months of Revelation 18, approximately 21 months, it says about a half an hour, then you'll have that opportunity to enter into the kingdom also. If you will. Very interesting. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. What's the wind? The spirit. If we do not, you know, if we do not understand these things, you know, you can have the wind of the world or you can have the breath of God. The breath of God puts the spirit of truth in us. That's what he's talking about. Vanity. How are we going to humble ourselves? If we humble ourselves, the breath of the wind of God will give it to us. But if not, we'll just be blown wherever it goes. It's very interesting to to understand that. But that law, Ecclesiastes 2.24 to 26, is critical for us to know. We need to grasp that, study it, listen to what he's saying, and do it. I've heard people be mocked because they're talking about the words and food and so on. How terrible it is. That they do not believe the scriptures. Well, let's look at the Acts 4 32 to 37 because it tells us this. And remember, in Acts 5 1 to 11, it tells you about Ananias and Sephiris, his wife, who sold a possession, and they lied about how much it was, and they came in before Peter, and God struck them dead. It's like you know, they're, they're saying they're of the kingdom, but they didn't come in with a garment of knowledge of truth because they didn't separate themselves from the world. They're still of the world. They wanted to keep a little bit. They wanted some insurance policy. So in marriage, suffer of the lamb, and um I mean, in the marriage of the king's son, in Matthew 22, 11 to 13, it says, but when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. And he, so he said to him, friend, how did you... Come in here without a wedding garment. And he was speechless. Because without a garment, you're unable to speak the words of God. Because when that happens, when it's this time, immediately the famine of the word comes on you. And you will not be able to speak the words of God. And the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into the outer darkness, into the abyss. He's dead just like that. Bang. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and the gnashing of teeth are not found in a worm, which the souls of the dead go into in the abyss. It's found in the animals there that bite and tear the bodies of the worms, and the worm's body grows back again, just like a worm does. God shows us everything in creation bears witness to the truth of what he tells us. He tells us their worm will never die. You know, it'll get bitten, it'll get... Uh, all kinds of things happen to them, but they won't die. Even if they're swallowed whole, they'll be vomited back up in a larva, out of the larva, what happens? A maggot grows, maggot grows into the worm again, and it comes over and over, and people don't want to believe that. That's in the scriptures, teaches us what happens in the prison of God in the abyss. And he warns us, many are called, but few are chosen because they refuse to believe the truth. They will not come out of the world. They want to live in the, you know, the, world system that we have the you know you gain something for giving something you know it's something for consideration all the time that's not what god does you're only the work of the kingdom of god is you don't know what they're going to benefit and who they're going to benefit but you do for them knowing that god's kingdom's going to be built by this we're not to know all these things that everybody has to do that's why he said he's going to give people a stone which is a is a name a work And nobody will know what that stone is but the Lord. Why is that? Because that's their work for the kingdom. And our job is just to do the way of the words for them. They're not to gloat and do other things over these things, but they're just to go forward and God will guide them. And then we'll see by the results that we see. God will show everything. But if they're not truthful, they'll be cast out with these. That's the way it is. If we go back to this time, understand that we're about ready. To come to the morning when we will build the temple. And the Lord tells us in Exodus 25, 1-9. And remember, he doesn't change his ways. He says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly, with his heart, you shall take my offering. See what we go back to Elisha. It was with his heart he gave that gift of the healing through the word to to Naaman because he knew he didn't know what God was going to use Naaman for a great work so that they could see that there was a man of God the word of God in Israel and that did marvelous works even to this very day but it's by the word and so he's saying here by willingly with his heart And the Lord says he's going to write his words upon our heart at this time and and get rid of the darkness on our heart and write them in our minds. By these people who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. Did you notice he says take my offering? In other words, if somebody comes to God with an unwilling offering, you can't use that in something holy. You know, God's going to give the, the cause these people to turn over the offerings. The people of Egypt wanted the people to leave because the plagues kept coming upon them. It's going to be likened to that at this time. God is, you know, these people know that these plagues are going to come upon them. They're going to give the the resources so that God will do, you know, better for them, like it says in Luke 1 to 13. Or they'll join with His people. And come out with the words. He's going to separate them by the words of God. John 12, 48. So we need to understand that. Then he said, and this is the offering which you will take from them. Gold and silver and bronze. Blue, purple and scarlet thread. Fine linen and goat's hair. Ram skin dyed red. Uh, It says badger skins, but that's takish. And it seems to me that, um, I mean, everything that I see, that that points to porpoise skin which makes sense because that's what is used in the outer covering of the tabernacle. See the the four layers of the tabernacle are representing the four spirits of God. The outer layer is the first spirit. That's the one that separates us from the world. We come out of the world. And as we go in, the next one is the ram skin dyed red, which is the words of wisdom that are paid for by Jesus's blood that he's going to, that's paid for by the sacrifices. What that's representing, and that's what gets us the words of wisdom. And the next one is the goat skin. The the third the third one in, um, I mean, the, yeah, the third skin in inward towards the tabernacle is the goat skin, which means we have to get rid of sin. You know, by the when we have wisdom, then we're supposed to do the way of God, not the way of the world. We're not supposed to be of the goat skin. We're you know that's what that sin has been paid for and we come out from them. And, you know, the message understanding is do fruit to go out and bring those of the world in. It's to harvest those of the world, which is what we're to do right now. And he tells us we're of the goat herds at this time, Zechariah 10.3. That's why that's the understanding. That's why it's a third skin in. We're to bring forth the harvest, which is what that goat skin's representing at this time. Read Zechariah 10.3. He's angry at all the shepherds at this time. And all the all the people are of the goat herds, but they don't believe that. They think they're spirit filled. But they haven't read the seventh seventh church um in, in Revelation 3, 14 to 22. Um and then the, the inner one is the fine linen. Which the fine linen is when we refine and able to bring forth the great works of God, which is you know, it has the cherubim. The cherubim has um they watch over all the um Words of God, the laws of God. You know, they're they're the keepers of the, you know, the law, which is keepers of everything. And if we understand that, we should understand that the cherubim have the law of all particles. Everything is, you know, he numbered the hosts and called them by name, called them by a work. Cherubim oversee that law. There's nothing that isn't under the law of God, and the cherubim keep that law by the word of God. So they uphold that law that nobody can touch it. And then inside there is the, the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat, with the Lord sits above it. So you see that that's the way of the four spirits, because the fine linen is the fourth spirit. The, the the goat's hair is representing third spirit. and uh, The ram's hair dyed, uh, dyed red is representing the second spirit. And, and the porpoise skin, which is the skin of the sea, which we all came out of the waters. You know, we come out of the sea and in towards the Lord. How they got porpoise skins, that's that's a great wonder. But, you know, how did they get the blue dye from snails t- to make the, the tzitzit on the prayer shawls? God had delivered it somehow. Or they went and got it. Or he sent a, a people to get it. But they made that tabernacle. And it was of these things. And that's what that word takish that's Hebrews 8, 4, 7, 6, That's what it represents. People try to say it's badger skin or it's antelope or whatever. It may be an animal we don't know. But the best understanding that most lot, uh, what the word really means is porpoise. Some kind of seal. How'd they get them? God caused them to come. You know, did they get them out of Egypt before they left? We don't know what they took with them for sure. These things might have been used back then. We don't know. But we do know God required of it, and he told the people to give it, so they must have had it. And acacia wood, where did they gather that at? These things God provided. They went and got it, and that's what they made the the, the, um, things for. He said the acacia wood, oil for the light, the spices for the anointing oil, and the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones be set in the ephod and in the breastplate, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. See what the Lord is going to do at this time is this is his kingdom. We anoint the most holy and we're to build a tabernacle to give the people an opportunity to come forth because there is going to be people in the second part of the morning, the last 42 months of the morning. It says the, the Gentiles will trample the, the Gentiles, meaning those not set apart as sons of God. The people in the first half of the morning are those set apart by the sons of God. But then, in the midst of the morning when the two, two witnesses come, they'll be able to go to the outer court but not the inner court of that temple and while the two witnesses are on the earth. Okay, I think that that's an interesting thing there. But now let's go to uh, Acts 4, 32 to 37. And you can see the willful, the need for building, uh, giving willfully and doing it for good. If we don't do it under that, then it can't be used for the building of something holy. That's my point. And it's being given for God. You don't think God's going to test you? If you come with something like this now and you deceive the Lord in the day when he's giving this done and the words are live on the earth because Michael stood up, you'll be killed for it. Do not mess with God. You'll see that in Acts 5, 1 to 11. But let's read the character of the people that we're going to be like at this time because it's the same. God doesn't change his way. And we can see it in Acts 4, 32 to 37. And I'll close with this. It says, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart. Of one heart. I'm sorry, I had a computer glitch there and I had to check it real quickly. Um, Were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Now, with great power. Great power comes from what? Power comes from the words of the king. See, they were given the uh, witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and he gave them great power, which is authority over his words. They had the words now, which is what is happening in Luke 24 44 to 45, and then they were blessed with that authority over the power at the at the Pentecost fully come, as it talks about next too. So we know that that is what this is, and grace was upon them. Grace is the authority to call upon the words because it was the blood of the spirit of grace that Jesus gave. What was that blood for? It was to give the authority to call upon the Father to receive the words. That was the grace of God that we're now allowed in because of the blood that Jesus paid so that we can receive the authority over his words. He says, Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for, who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated to son of encouragement, a Levite in the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So it's, it's important to understand here what God is saying, we're going to be fed like stall-fed calves in um, Malachi 4.2. He said they'll have houses and stuff that we didn't buy. God is going to cause these to be given, but people, it is important to understand the value at this time is to make the rapture. The value at this time is to do the harvest. The value is not living in a mansion. The mansions, leave that for the Lord. He's got greater mansions you can ever imagine. But now we must get refined. We must do the righteous act to the saints, do the things of providing the food to allow people to receive the wisdom and understanding in this time poured out from God. Enable all that to occur. It's critical at this time. Critical at this time. Read Ecclesiastes 2:24 to 26 Read what we're to do. We have to be purified, made white, and refined. Daniel twelve nine to 10. We have to be made spotless before we can be presented to the Lord. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. Let us think on these things and read Revelation 15, 1 to 11 and rejoice because God is going to provide the provision of all this food. Remember, the world's going to be destroyed, uh, there's not going to be any really production, but God is going to cause it to come forth. Because of the way of the words, stall-fed calves, you'll be doing a work and God will make, you know, it'll be, he says it'll be a hundredfold increase, and things like that at this time. This is what God's going to do for those who will listen and do good. But we walk around the world and we're, we're, we're gathering and collecting and we're not gaining anything. We're going to destruction. The crown trust is planning to kill all of us, as he says in uh, Matthew 24. And- 21 to 22, in Mark 13, 19 to 20, because we're not wise. We're not, we haven't checked the wick that lights our oil. We haven't checked what oil is in our lamp. We got words and scriptures, but we have not separated out that there is a special oil, a special words that Elijah and Enoch are watching us to see that we're getting it or not. He's ver- they're verifying it was sent out by God. Did we receive it? That's up to us. Not. We will receive, listen, and we'll hear. Ah. Lord, please help us to understand. Lord, we need to understand these things as critical messages. Elisha was showing us something that's very important for this day. Through Gehazi, we can see, dear Lord, just like you're telling us now, Lord, these plagues are coming. And Lord, we pray that the people understand this is coming upon all those. It says in Revelation 6, the kings, the slaves, everybody are going to say, who can stand? The plagues are going to make you so you can't stand. And you won't have anything, any work, John 9, 4, 5. The words will work, but nothing else will work. They'll be speechless. And if they come before the Lord trying to proclaim they have a garment, then you saw what will happen to them. They'll be cast out from God into the pit, and they'll be tormented by beasts continuously, 24-7. I once had a person tell me that he was so wicked, he was taking people and putting him into these tree grinders and spinning the body parts out into the pigs so the pigs would eat it. And, you know, it was, it was a bad thing. And, and this guy was, uh, he was on TV with, his name was uh, Millenrod and he was on TV when the time when they were, you know, they were um, Oliver North was being tried and all that. And he was being tried along because of the drug cartel and they picked him up for that. And he's really just a fall guy. In all this thing, he was an accountant for the drug cartels that are run by the Bush family and others, the Crown Trust. But interesting thing about it is he said that when he got into the prisons of God, in mean, hell and so forth, that he's so good at uh, tormenting people that the devil's going to use him uh, to do this. But they don't understand the devil has no authority over any of those beasts down there. The devil is going to be put tormented down there. The beasts are under the control of the word of God. And there's going to be gnashing of teeth as a promise of God. So all those who are wicked, they go out there and have the promise of being, having the gnashing teeth bite into them and so forth. And also, you think about pigs. We're not to eat pig meat, ham meat. Shouldn't do it. Why is it? Think about why that is. Well, you know, the pig has hoof feet, in the, the uh, split hoof, which is clean animal, typically. But internally, it's not. You know they don't have the other part that's required. I can't remember what that is, but in the scriptures he tells us they don't have that other part, and because of that they have a problem. They're not good for us to eat, and it's um, they have the split hooves, but they don't have the uh, chewing cud and and the inward symbol of the being able to chew the cud. Because of this, it's like there's you know, outward appearance. It's like the prosperity ministers. The outward appearance, it looks good, and everybody wants to prosper in this world. Is the way people are, but they're not looking that the kingdom of God is coming and everything changes, and it's a completely new economy, economic system, and all those of the old system be cast out because that's a Canaanite system. And he tells us in Zachariah 14:21 will not exist in the, in the seven years of the kingdom of the Lord. He's going to cause that to be punished. Anybody that tries it. Like in the second half of the morning when the two witnesses are here, fire will go out from their mouth and torment them. God, they're going to be like Elisha. They're, they're coming with a great authority. Elijah is going to punish them. The Enoch is going to punish them uh, by the word of God. Just speak it and don't you know, be consumed by the plagues or whatever else they give them at that time. And people will hate them for this plagues because they're wanting to do the merchant system. They're the left behind. And then the Antichrist doesn't come until you know the three and a half forty two months after they've come um so then then they'll be allowed to do that in the dirty i mean in the dark hours of the from noon to uh three o'clock of the day of the Lord, which is three and a half years time forty two months' time. but the pig is symbolic of a person that's shiny on the outside, looks like it'd be used for the words of God because of the description of it, but on the inside it's not. It's not of God. it's not built the way God has. their internal part doesn't work like that. their heart is not made. the mind is not made the way of a kingdom person and that's the way these people are, Gehazi and so forth. Think about that. don't eat pig because when you do that that's the desire. you're enabling the devil to and you know cause this to this work to come upon you. He's enabling you when you eat ham and all those things. He's enabling the merchant system of the world, which the Lord tells us in Revelation 18 is, is the harlotry. You read the ending verses of Revelation 18, and you see that the merchants are the sorcerers, the, the base of the sorcery. They're the ones enabling the sorcery. And, you know, they, they sell uh, pig. You know, it's even interesting. They're putting pig's meat in stuff that you wouldn't even think is pig's meat. They're mixing it with everything. And that's part of the devil. The devil knows that when we do that, we will not be led to be set apart into the kingdom because we're eating corruption and we're allowing these things to occur. Nobody's screaming about them doing that. Nobody's screaming that they're, um, you know, praying uh, different kinds of false prayers over the food that we're eating and so forth. We've got to be very careful at this time what is happening around us. I thank you, and Lord, I pray that you will help the people to come to understand these scriptures and to be able to understand what's truth, Lord. You cause them to know the scriptures, Lord, as you said in Proverbs 1.23. We can only turn them towards you, Lord, and then you'll give correction and give straight path to them, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.